Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is Late Night Council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. Who's John Council? That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. That's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. This is my last show. Now, you would think... Me doing my last show would be kind of like a downer and sad. <laughs> it's not. I'm I'm so pumped for this, okay? Cause after tonight I don't have to do this anymore. Oh my goodness. I can I can hardly wait. And and John, you're kind of weird. Listen, when I got let go at CFRA, okay? The way they used to can people at CFRA was you didn't know when you when you were on the air for the last time. You had no chance to say goodbye. You know, you had no chance to kind of seal things up. And, I, like, I am the master of my own destiny here, okay? I mean, this is my last show. Try to imagine you being able to be at your funeral <laughs> and being able to say what you want to say and do what you want to do, you know, um, and it's not like I'm dying. And as I put out on Twitter the last 48 hours, and I've responded to everybody that's, you know, asked me why on Facebook and on email and on Twitter, okay, um, you know, why are you doing Look at, I am having so much fun pastoring my new church that I want to put, put more time into it, okay? And this show... Because of the extra work and just the dynamic of doing it all on your own, okay, it's it, 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 it's a lot of work. It really is, okay. And it's it's. I'm sorry. I mean, I love you people that have hung with me and have tuned in and have stayed with this show. I mean, I there are not words to you know for me to express my thanks and gratitude to people that have hung in with late night council, especially after I got let go at CFRA, okay. But it's a lot of work, okay. So this is the this may be the last radio show I ever do, I ever host, okay? I don't know, okay? I may be back and up and running within weeks, within months. I don't know, okay? What is important to me, and this is an Ask the Pastor show as it has been since, you know, we, we started broadcasting from this location, okay? What is important to me is, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? And I have always functioned by the principles of, of my priorities. My priorities are dictated by what I see in the Bible and my obedience to my Savior, who is Christ, okay? And there are a number of scriptures that are in play here. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 comes to mind right away. It's one that, you know, if you've listened to this broadcast a lot, you know I quote often. Don't lean on your own understanding, okay? In all of your ways, acknowledge Christ, okay? Acknowledge God. It's Old Testament, so it's before Christ. But we followers of Christ, we apply it to, you know, uh, uh, our lives. In all your ways, acknowledge God, 
and he will direct your path. And, and I've lived by that for, oh, a good 40 years. Now, well, you got to be yourself. Well, yeah, but, you know, when, when, when you realize how much of a sinner you are and how much you need Christ, you know, I would rather be like Jesus than like John Counsel, okay? Proverbs 14, 12 is another verse that comes into play here when we make major decisions about our lives, okay? There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to death, okay? And it's been, it's been a tough slug, you know, to keep this thing going. Not because I don't love doing radio, not because I don't love doing what I'm doing. It's just that I find my pastoral work in Christchurch, Ottawa. And if you want to know about Christchurch, Ottawa, just go to ChristchurchOttawa.com. It's a simple website, okay? And uh, that's our main organ to the public that we use, our main uh, means of communication to the public that don't attend our church. ChristchurchOttawa.com is where I've been hanging my hat and pouring my whole life into, okay? And Radio became uh, 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 like too much like work since I started the other church, okay? Since we started the other church. I didn't start it. God started it, okay? Uh, the broadcasting size, but like doing this kind of stuff, it's fun. It's always been fun. You can tell when you tune in. But the technical side, the running the late night council website, the running the seven different types of software and making sure everything comes together all the time, making sure the podcasts are up, chasing after ads to keep us on the air, licensing for tunes and all that other stuff, all the stuff that goes into run a, running a radio station. I was never called to run a radio station. I'm a preacher. I, call, I'm, I, I communicate. I, I teach. I preach. I encourage. I come alongside people. I communicate. I am a communicator. I'm an, I, I know what my gifting is. The technical and administrative side is enough to pull my hair out. In fact, I loved broadcasting so much. I love communicating the gospel so much. I put up with all the other stuff so that I could communicate like I do on this broadcast. And it's just, it's something that I've not come by lightly over six months with lots of prayer and lots of talk. You know, I, I, I finally said, you know what? It's not, it's not fun. If you knew how much fun we were having, you know what? You need to download some of my messages uh, from ChristChurchOttawa.com. All of my sermons are on podcast there. You need to listen to a couple of those because it, they're very raw. And those messages, uh, because they're not polished, because it's so alive and fresh, you get some real insight into how much fun we're having there, okay? And it is so alive. And I know it may sound alive to you when I do this broadcast, but there's way, way too much work behind the scenes to pull this thing off that I find, it, I find it's even distracting from my pastoral work. Now, um, there may come a time, and under certain circumstances, when I go back online or I go back on radio somehow, I don't know, okay? So that's the number one reason I'm, I'm shutting down this show, okay? Number two reason, I think there's a season for everything, okay? And sometimes things need to shut down. Uh, my work on CFRA, and I said it, I've said it, I haven't said it too much on air, but oh my goodness, I used to say it off air. I still say it off air. That was a divine appointment. That was, that was a God thing, okay? I was the only pastor in North America that was doing nighttime talk radio on a non-religious radio station. Okay, there was nobody else in North America. There are thirteen thousand radio stations in North America. Okay, and and I would I would be searching for years. I was looking for anybody that was doing what I was doing on secular radio. Now, uh, pastors doing phone in radio on religious radio, they're a dime a dozen. Okay, 
But on secular radio, oh my goodness. I mean, th- that has never happened before. And, and so that was a supernatural thing. There wasn't, you couldn't put resumes together. You couldn't send in demo tapes. It didn't matter who you know, uh, who you know in secular radio. You're not going to get that gig if you're a full-time pastor because they label you right away as religious radio. And I always like the thought of, you know, packaging the information in a way so it doesn't come off as being religious. Because I don't think Jesus was religious. In fact, religion was formed by people who wanted to codify and control, you know, this incredible message of Christ. In fact, who did he tick off the most? He ticked off the religious bunch, okay? So I hope it's a healthy pride. I prided myself in the fact that I was never on religious radio. I made a vow to God 30, over 35 years ago before I ever went on, on, on radio, okay? And I wanted to do it, okay? My role model in this was a guy by the name of Bob Johnson who did an Ask the Pastor show on CFCF and CFOX in Montreal that I used to listen to when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world that this pastor was asking questions and using the Bible. And there was no religious radio last, uh, th- back then. But as religious radio started coming about, I always thought that would be such a cool way to get into people's lives. They're not going to come to church anyway, so you go after them and you tell them about how wonderful Jesus is and you explain that the Bible's not, you know, a fuddy-duddy old book that takes away your fun. If anything, it liberates you and gives you life, just like Jesus said it would, okay? So that was my role medal, and I got to do it. And it was a super, it was really, especially on CFRA five nights a week, that was a supernatural thing. I was doing Ask the Pastor shows for a good 16, 17 years before I ever moved to Ottawa, but it was only on Sunday nights. So five nights a week, nobody did that in North America. And I recognized that as a supernatural thing, okay? It, it was a unique thing, okay? And so the number two reason I'm, I'm, I'm shutting it down, there's a season for things. And you can't make things happen. When God shuts the door and says, look it, you know, I don't want you to do that anymore. And, and me staying on the air online, uh, I did it out of obligation. Okay, I did it out of obligation because uh, when I was on CFRA, by the actual numbers that we would count, we had about 75,000 people listening to a late night council throughout the week. And I felt that many people listening, I, you know, I, I don't want to leave them hanging. I feel responsible. So I did what I could to keep the thing going. I did everything I could. And I am satisfied that I'm not going to do any more, okay? I feel satisfied with the effort I put into. And I can't make something happen when, you know, the, the, the greatest, if you want to use the term success or reach of the previous radio show was a, a supernatural thing. That was a divine thing, and I recognize it as such. I can't create miracles. I can be obedient to God. I can go where he wants me to go. I can pour my life into things that I'm supposed to pour my life into, and right now I feel impassioned. My whole life is Christ Church Ottawa right now, and I don't want anything to distract me from that. And again, I'm not shutting the door on radio. It's just for this season right now. It's And I will not, I'll tell you something, I will not go back on radio unless I feel God saying, John, it's time to go back, you know? And I'm letting you know right now, I'm not, there's no regrets, okay? If I never go back on, I am going to be a happy husband, a happy grandpa, a happy dad, a happy pastor, a happy hockey player, a happy drummer, a happy collector of Hot Wheels, a happy, a happy-go-lucky fun guy, okay? I don't feel like God or anybody owes me anything. So that's the first two reasons. Christchurch, number two, the season's over. Number three, and these are in priority, okay? I gave you the number one reason, number two. Here's the third one. The political world is disgusting. It is, okay? 
And I've been very diplomatic since I've been doing Ask the Pastor Only shows. And I will say this, okay, I'm going to cut loose a little bit tonight, and hopefully I can still be respectful of, you know, the wonderful congregation I'm connected with that listen to this show and say, Council, you're our pastor, okay? And uh, you've you got to make sure that when you're on air, you've got to be as Christ-like as possible. And I respect that, and I think that's a good thing. Okay, but I'm going to deviate and I'm going to get a little human for, a, for maybe 30, 40 seconds here. Okay, the leaders that we're under right now are morons. Okay, they are. I'm sorry. God forgive me for saying it, but they are morons. And the reason they are is because they've turned their back on God. They've turned their back on biblical morality. They've turned their back on the foundations that our civilization was built on. They are promoting a morality that is the result of the whim of the masses, okay? And you've heard me say it over and over again on Sunday nights. We are a Romans 1 culture. That's what we've turned into, a Romans 1 culture. Where God says people, you know, they've turned their back on him, so he turns them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. And our leaders and our culture and every institution that has influence in our culture nowadays has been given over to a depraved mind, in my opinion, okay? And the only hope for our culture, the only hope for Canada, for Ottawa, for Ontario, the only hope for anyone is not for the right political party to be elected. It is a, the the only hope for our, our city, province, and our nation is a spiritual revolution, not just a revival, a revolution. A grassroots recognition of how far we have sunk and how bad off we have become and a returning to God. And I want to be a part of that. That is the only solution. Okay, the economy will will continue to, to, to tank. Okay, immorality will continue to, to climb. I mean, crime, crime stats are down because there's a lot of things that weren't crime before that uh, were crime before that aren't crime now. Okay, I don't see situations getting better unless there is a spiritual revolution. And that's where I want to put my whole heart and soul into. So that's the number three reason why I don't you know, I, I, I'm, I'm getting off the air for that. Now, the fourth reason. Okay. The fourth reason is last week, if you were tuning into the show, I told you the whole story of Amy Semple McPherson, okay? Without question, uh, the most dynamic and influential religious female, for uh, the most uh, dynamic female leader in the 20th century, okay? And I told you all about her. I read, that's the first time I've ever done two hours where I, I was reading almost the entire broadcast last week, okay? And she founded a denomination called the Church of the Four Square Gospel. The four squares being Jesus is our Savior, He's our Healer, He's our Baptizer, He's our soon-coming King, okay? And uh, I told you a little bit of how we were kind of pursuing affiliation with them, the, uh, the church that we started in Ottawa called Christ Church, okay? And we got word from their national council in, in uh, their Canadian National Council that Christ Church Ottawa has been fully accepted into the four-square denomination. And uh, we are coming under uh, as a church plant of a four-square church in Toronto legally. And by January or February, we will be a fully charted uh, a church with the four-square. Well, what has that got to do with me doing radio? Again, I am so, I am so thrilled to be part of the four-square fellowship. I am so thrilled to be connecting with people that I've admired, these people that are in the four-square uh, church for, for 40 years. I've, I've uh, 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 stood in admiration of their priorities, their Christ-likeness, just the way they do things. I think they do things in a wonderful 
wonderful, wonderful way. And uh, I, I guess the fourth reason is kind of like a sub-reason of the first reason. I'm so thrilled to be a part of this that I don't want to blow it. I don't want anything to distract me from from uh, uh, seeing Christchurch be what I think it's going to be, a, a, an absolute uh, a rock and foundation and a center post for this spiritual revolution that I'm believing for and working towards, first of in the city, and if it happens in the city, it's going to influence the province and it's going to influence the nation, okay? So there's the four, maybe three and a half reasons why tonight's show is going to be possibly my last show ever, uh, at the very least, uh, uh, my last show for uh, uh, could be a long time, okay? But God's in charge of that. My job is not to be on radio. My job is not even to be a pastor. My job primarily is to be obedient to Christ. And right now, I don't think he wants me on the air, okay? But I do know, I do know he wants me, he wants me uh, uh, connected with the bunch that we're, uh, you know, that's working together with me here in Lower Town at uh, Christ Church Ottawa. Now, you might be thinking, well, what about Nick Vandergrack and, and Nick at Night? Because he, he, you know, works out of the same studio and we produce his show. For now, Nick is staying on the air, okay? Now, and I don't think Nick would mind me telling you this, Okay. Uh, behind the scenes, there are a number of individuals of which uh, I'm connected with, and these are all really, really good friends of mine. And I, and I wouldn't be talking like this if I didn't know the credibility of these people. I don't feel free to give you any names except for Nick's. But there's about seven or eight people in, behind the scenes that are, that are working towards putting together an online radio station here in Ottawa that would have, oh, a good half a dozen shows and uh, it seems like there's some investor money and there's some sponsor interest, and I'm quite excited for these guys. And there is the possibility, if this thing gets up and running, and I believe it will, there's a very real possibility that I could plug back in and be doing that show again because the broadcasting side and doing the show and the research, I mean, that's a piece of cake. I could do that out of my back pocket, okay? Running the station, that's what stresses me out. That's what I'm not called to do. That's what I'm not good at. But if these guys get their act together and they're up and running and there's a lot of good people involved and I think they're going to pull it off. I could be back on the air in three months, six months. I don't know. Okay? But that is in the works right now. And if you want to tune in to Nick at Night Wednesday night and you want to corner him and ask him about that, I don't know how much he's going to tell you. Uh, he's going to tell you, but uh, uh, I don't... Uh, I don't mind, uh, 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 you know, uh, cluing you in on on those possibilities as well. But I can't make any promises because I'm not uh, I'm not uh, the one that's in charge. And uh, uh, as you know, as I said when I started off, that I never got a chance to say goodbye on, on, at CFRA. And and the last oh the last ever since Bell Media took over CFRA, I mean, it, I was living a Dilbert cartoon. Okay, if you're d- familiar with Dilbert, the the cartoon strip. It's written by Scott Adams. Scott Adams started off doing cartoons when he was working for Pacific Bell out in the West Coast, okay? Almost the same company. It's the American counterpart of Bell Media here in Canada. And there was so much mid-level management and poor decisions and, and nonsense that he said, this is crazy. i got to do a comic strip. And it was so well-received and did so well that, I mean, the guy's become a multimillionaire since then. And I know of businesses and newspapers across North America that refuse to carry uh, Scott Adams' brilliant cartoon, Dilbert, because it exposes too much of the garbage that goes on in the business world. Well, I was living a Dilbert cartoon, and anybody that got let go at CFRA, and even the ones that are still there, they won't tell you because they don't want to look bad or hear bad or, you know, they don't want to get in trouble. Anybody that's still there will tell you it's, it's, they don't know the power of talk radio there. Talk radio in the States is making more money than it has ever made. 
And they don't know how – there's nobody within the Bell Media Network that really knows the power of talk radio, particularly personality-driven radio, where people take a stand on something. And the CRTC is to blame as well, which the CRTC is simply the legal arm of the CBC. And there's so many restrictions and there's so much control over media in Canada that the only way you can make it work is if you've got billions of dollars to back it, Okay. And, and the result is we've got bland radio in the States that just, I mean, most of the, when I want to listen to good talk radio, I never listen to Canadian talk radio anymore. I clue into the States, and yeah, it's wild, and yeah, it's opinionated, but it's, it's entertaining as well, and it's making millions and millions of dollars, okay? So um, um, uh, I was never, because of all those restrictions, because of the, you know, the, the, the promotion of outright blandness, I was never, and anybody that was let go from CFRA, we were never allowed to say goodbye to people. Well, I'm going to do it tonight, okay? And this is what I want to do. This is how I want to involve you tonight if you want to be a part of it. Now, remember, I, I could talk all night because I, I, I went through 17 years of my show archives in the last couple hours, okay? And I just took a little notes. I am going to be name-dropping tonight like you wouldn't believe, okay? And I want to, if you want to participate tonight, if you want to just sit back and listen, that's fine. But if you want to call in, here's what I want to hear from you because you're going to have some info that I don't even remember and I can't even recall. But if you've got a favorite memory of late-night council, in the last 17, 18, the last 18 years here in the Capital Region, if you've got a favorite late-night council memory, I want you to call it in and talk about it tonight. How would you feel about that? I got a ton. I can go, oh, I could easily go four or five hours tonight. Okay, I'm not going to because I'm looking forward to 11 o'clock. I'm looking forward to shutting the chapter on this part of my life and getting on with all of the, and plunging myself into all of the exciting things that I'm doing right now. Okay, I have got no regrets. But if you want to call in tonight, okay, and share with me, share with everybody that's tuning in tonight, okay, your favorite late night council memory, Please call in 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's the Capital Region number, okay? 343-700-4390. If you're listening all over North America, and I know you are because I can see the map for where everybody, from where everybody's listening tonight, and uh, 844-1844, the long distance line is 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. Now, as you know, I've always loved tunes and music, and it's my last show, so I want to make sure that I get out some tunes and I get out some fun out there of stuff that I wouldn't normally do. So I'm about to play a tune here that I don't know if I've ever played. Oh, I might have played in the when we used to do the Forgotten Gems. I'm sure I played the uh, played it when we did the Forgotten Gems segment in the old uh, late night council show on on CFRA. Okay, I'm sure we played this tune. But let me tell you that uh, this uh, the story of this tune. Um, my daughter, when she got married, they know that I, my kids know that I don't dance, okay? I, I, and I was raised in a very legalistic religious home where dancing, man, that was almost as bad as, as murder, okay? That was the sin, okay? It, it was a culturally religious thing, okay? And I never, I kind of felt always comfortable dancing. I look like a dork when I dance, okay? I've got nothing against dancing. It was just raised that way. Well, they were going to get married, and of course, the bride's got to have the first dance. How are we going to get dad? How are we going to get Dad on the dance floor, okay? So this is what they concocted, okay? We have a family tune, okay? We have a family tune. 
And since my kids were little babies, okay, I've got pictures in my photo album of, now remember, when my oldest was five years old, my youngest was born. So we had, we had four kids all under the age of five, okay? And when dad would put this tune on the stereo, that was the signal for all the kids when they were little babies to come down to the rec room, dump down the family room, and we'd jump up and down and dance and act like crazies, okay? And we'd do it, oh, we did it often enough that everybody knew it was the family tune, okay? Now... When I got older and I got one of these fancy iPhones, okay, and, and I think I even had the tune on a BlackBerry before I got an iPhone, you know you can program uh, tunes? Whenever I got a call from home, the phone would play the family tune. Everybody knew it would be the family tune. So my daughter's getting married, and she's figuring, how are we going to get Dad on the Dad's phone? Well, we'll play the family tune. We'll play the family tune. That'll be the first tune. He'll be up and jumping around, and I couldn't believe what they did. And they got me up and jumping around and looking like a fool. And for the next, let me see what the time is on there. Yeah, there's the time for the next five minutes. I am now going to play you while I suck some free air and catch my breath and you think about whether you're going to call in and share a favorite favorite uh, late-night council moment. I am going to play to you. I'm going to play to you the tune that they played to get Dad on the dance floor. I'm going to play to you. The council family tune, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're going to know what it is as soon as you hear it, and you're going to hear it in, in, in its entirety right now.
You know what? I think that is, has to be the happiest tune that I think has ever been written, okay? When I hear that, I just jump up and down and have a – now try to imagine me, my wife, and four little toddlers jumping up and down in the family when that came on. Oh, we must have done that dozens of times, okay? So you just heard the council family tune, and even today, even today, when my cell phone rings and it's the home number, that's the tune that plays. Oh, it's been fun. I've been shopping at Walmart, and all of a sudden, the opening bars come in. People look at me, and you know what? They don't look at me like I'm weird. They look at me and they say, hey, that guy's cool. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Late Night Council. Welcome to the last, this might be the last show I ever do, ever do tonight. Okay. Now the podcast will be available for a while. I don't know how long that's going to last either because we'll probably be, I don't know. I'm going to keep the domain name, latenightcouncil.com. That doesn't, it, it doesn't cost much to keep that going just in case something else comes up. I don't know. Okay. But I'm not holding my breath. Um, uh, and and I've, I've got a bunch of favorite tunes I want to play tonight because tunes, if you've listened to the show, they've always I've always pushed for my tunes. When I even when I was on CFRA, okay, I was more passionate about the music on my show than any other host that they had there. And uh, I got into wars with management often because we always had to pay licensing fees. And there were times when I couldn't use recognizable tunes because, um, you know, because of the stupid restrictions that are on us, uh, you know, in in Canadian radio. And uh, I used this illustration before. you know, I remember those. Remember when radios, like when I first started talk radio, uh, when you're driving in the car, they would have those tuners, you know, where you'd go up and down the dial, okay? And I almost had this mental image that, you know, you're battling for listenership. There's all sorts of things going on, you know, on the radio uh, during the night. And, and I always had this mental image that when the, that little dial came to the station that I was on, it was like that movie Alien. You remember that, uh, that movie Alien where they had, the, he had two, uh, the alien had kind of like two mouths. It would open one mouth and another mouth could come shooting out, grab you, and suck you, and he'd, he'd, he'd eat you, okay? And I kind of had this mental image of those two mouths being in the radio, and as soon as they, you, your, your dial hit the station that I was on, out came that mouth, grabbed your face, and pulled you right into the radio. You couldn't resist, okay? We got you. And that's why I always insisted on having good music, because people would be, t- uh, you know, going down the dial, they'd hear that too. Hey, wow, yeah, you don't expect to hear that on a news talk radio station. And uh, uh, so always was very, very powerful about music. Now, uh, here's the phone numbers again, and, and I hope you call in. We'll, we're going to have some fun if you, if you call in tonight, but if you don't, that's fine. I decided this is going to be my last show, and I never got to say goodbye on CFRA. I never got to talk about some of the fun we used to have, and I went through the archives tonight, and I, I, I've got a bunch of things I want to throw out there, uh, but if you've got a favorite late-night council moment that you'd like to share, and you'd like to get on the air tonight, 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. Okay, calls are always going to take precedence, at least tonight. I don't know what it'll be if I ever get back on air again, but uh, until 11 o'clock, calls will take precedence. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. If you're calling long distance, 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. You could tweet at me. At JW Council on Twitter, okay? Tweet at me at JW Council on Twitter. You can email me the email address, and it's the only email address I use, 
jc at latenightcouncil.com. That's jc at latenightcouncil.com. I'm probably going to keep that email address because it is such a – you know how much of a pain it is to change your email address? My goodness, we're hooked up to so many different things online and all over the place, and, and you, can't, you can't get access to anything. What is your email? Well, that's the only – you ever tried to change an email address with some programs? Oh, my goodness. They want you to they want you, they want to take your blood. They want to, you know, your, know, know your mother's maiden name. I mean, it's insane. It's crazy. So I'm probably going to keep that email address for a while, okay? So give me your favorite late-night council moment. Call in and talk about it. And, and if you don't call in, I'm going to share some of mine. I want to tell you, and, and the secret is out now, okay? Last show, I may as well reveal it to you. I'm going to give you my list of my favorite callers of all time, okay? My favorite callers of all time. I've been doing talk radio in, in Ottawa. And if you go to my Twitter account, you know that, uh, 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 you know, I put on there. I've done more t- late night, late, I've done more nighttime talk radio than anybody in Ottawa history. Okay, that's not bragging. That's just the facts, okay? And uh, I got a list of favorite callers. But I've got somebody on the air here, and I'm going to bring them on. I just got to make sure I got all the hardware working properly here. Let's go to, uh, oh, I'm getting feedback here. Who do I got on the air here? Hello. It's Mary from Alexandria. Mary from Alexandria. Now, have you got a favorite late How? night council moment you'd like to share yes. with us, Mary? Yes, I do. What do you do? It's what do you the got? very first time, the very, well, the very, very first time that I heard you was a few years back. You were still at CFRA. Okay. Uh, and I thought it wasn't so much a subject. Of course, you were talking about politics, but it wasn't so much the subject, but it was the, I couldn't believe that someone would actually be talking that way and, and saying exactly what I was thinking, Without getting you know, sued? about politics in general. Without getting you know? sued? And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I thought, wow, I have to listen to this guy. This is unbelievable. I couldn't believe Amazing. So I became a very, very, de- uh, I wouldn't say devout, but um, someone who listens to you regularly. Well, Mary, if you're still listening and to me, even though I'm online, that's devout, okay? That's not the masses. That's somebody that really, really <laughs> likes the show. So I'm very humbled and very flattered by your kind words. Thank you. Well, last night I listened to one of your sermons, too, oh, on, from, the, uh, on your Church. website. There? Which, which one? Which one? Eh? Which one? The one about identity, identity. Identity. What was the title? Do you remember? Yeah, identity. Identity. I don't remember one with the title identity. Let me see. I'm well, going it was to... at the beginning. One of the one of the first three ones. One of the first three that we did there, because I'm looking at uh, I'm I'm at the Christchurch Ottawa dot com. Oh, what is prosperity? Let me. See. What is prosperity? Uh... Is that the one? Just a moment. I'm going to go see. Because I'm looking at the list of all the messages that are online right now, and there's none of them has the word identity in them. You know, there's God's little uh, flock. There's what is, is prosperity. There's what is, our citizenship. Uh, what is Christ Church. Oh, Christ Church. Here it is. Here what is, is prosperity? It, it was really, look, it was really funny. I mean, <laughs> it's, um, I mean, Blindness? we never, yeah, no, 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 our citizenship. Our citizenship, okay, okay, that's good, yeah. 
but 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 you yeah, know what I, you, you know what I'm saying though, don't you, Mary? The, those tapes they're not pre-polished; they're raw, and we purposely record them like that because we want people to get a bit of a window as to what's going on in that church. And it's it's I love it the way the way the way those uh, podcasts come off, and and I hope people will avail themselves to them and and, and listen to them. And you listen to all of them, Mary. All of them are good. And not just because I'm speaking. I shall. That, that's, a dyna- <laughs> that, that's a cool thing that's going on there. Mary, thanks for calling in. Mary? It's a pleasure. And hey, uh, God bless you and everything that you do. Go for it, man. Well, I, I'm doing it. I'm having a ton of fun. And it's been, it's been great having you along for the ride for a little while. Anyway, thanks for calling in, Mary. There she goes. Okay, good night. There she goes. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate you calling in. There she goes right there. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm looking. I, we've got, a, as you know, an automatic call screener here. It's all done through software and everything, so I'm kind of running that there. Uh, thanks, Mary. Hey, if you want to get a favor memory in from Late Night Council, 343-700-4390. That's the uh, Capital Region, 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is long distance. That's 1-844-562-4766. Now, it was just, get, just before Mary called in. I'm getting my list, and I know I've probably forgotten some people, and people are going to be offended, but I'm going to I'm going to put it out there. Here's my list of favorite callers of all time. Okay, favorite callers of all time. Do you know who my favorite caller is of all time? Are you ready? You're going to think it's George from Armprior, don't you? Well, yeah, he's on the list, and I've mentioned him right there. He was always fun. George from Armprior never called once though when we went to online, and I'm I don't know whether I know he's got access to computers, but he probably didn't have access to computers when I was on live, so I don't want to criticize George for that, but I really miss George's uh, uh, calls, okay, because he was a lot of fun. Uh, he's on there. Gus. Gus didn't call in for, oh, the last three or four years I was online, I might have got one or two calls from him, but Gus was a fantastic caller. He was one of my favorites, but you know who my favorite caller was? Shirley Mosley. Shirley, are you listening and I know Shirley is my friend on Facebook, but Shirley Mosley was my favorite caller of all time on my program. Remember, we had three late-night council legends, okay? The three late-night council legends were Gus, George from Ironfire, and Shirley Mosley, okay? Shirley, love you. Now, um, there was also another caller. I can't remember this guy's name. But he only called in about three or four times to my show. He was some nut bar that used to call in, and he loved saying that I was a false prophet and I was full of the devil and uh, people shouldn't listen to me, and he would call curses down on me. And, man, but the guy was pure talk radio gold. I mean, I would just I would keep this guy on the air as long as I could when he was on before. And uh, uh, quite a character. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I'd ever want to meet him in person, but, man, was he ever good on the air. I mean, uh, from an entertainment standpoint. Another guy, favorite caller was, James. I don't think James wants me to give out his last name because James is doing a lot of fantastic stuff behind the scenes when it comes to security here in Canada. And uh, James is a fantastic caller as well. There was also, and I can't remember the guy's name and if he's listening and if he gets word or hears this on podcast, he's going to kill me. But uh, the lead singer from Tim Panic. Tim Panic was the only band that ever performed live in the studio at CFRA uh, when I was doing Late Night Council. Now I had solo artists come in you know, with guitars and portable keyboards and that kind of thing. But they were the first band to come in and play together as a band. And their lead singer from Tim Panic called in all the time, and oh, he was fun. He was a ton of fun to have on. So there's my slate of favorite callers, okay? Now, I'm, I'm sharing stuff that, you know, that, that uh, some of the fun I've had over the years. And, and I'm inviting you to call in tonight. If you've got a favorite memory, I want you to call in and share it with us tonight on, on my last show here tonight, 343 
That's 343-700-4390. is the long distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. Yes, I'm taking e- emails. And yes, even though it's my last show I may ever do, you're not going to get your email on the air if it's over six lines. Okay? So don't even go there. Okay? And it's got to be airworthy as well. And I think tonight I'll be probably uh, uh, much more lenient on, uh, you know, what gets on and what doesn't get on. Okay? Um, now... Guess, and remember, I went into I went into the seventeen and eighteen years of archives, and I didn't have time to go through every year. I only have time to go through maybe seven or eight to ten years because there was just so much so much stuff in there. And here's some names of favorite favorite guests I had: Les Kotzer, who I haven't had on in a long time. Les Kotzer, the wills expert. Okay, FamilyFight.org. Les Kotzer was fantastic. I only had Les Kotzer on maybe once every six months or once a year, but boy, did he light up the lines! Did he ever? He was Don Hutchinson. Don Hutchinson, who used to be the legal counsel for the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, then became uh, the interim leader of the Canadian Bible Society. He lives in town here. But Don Hutchinson used to come in and do Ask the Pastor with me. Fantastic legal mind. I mean, just a grasp of the issues. was so informative. uh, Wonderful guest to have on. One of the best, maybe even the best guest I ever had on, though, was Tom Harris, okay? And Tom Harris is still doing uh, 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 such valuable, valuable work. Um, to me, you know, one of the greatest and most important political issues, not certainly not as important as the eternal issues that I devote all my time to and ask the pastor, but uh, Tom Harris probably doing uh, more to expose the climate change hoax and cult and the nonsense that our culture has spent wasting trillions of dollars now on a problem that nobody has even proven exists yet. And Tom Harris used to get me, you know, university professors like Tim Ball and Ian Clark and Tim Patterson, and he would come on about once a month or once every two months and co-host with me. We do a whole show on on the whole climate change nonsense. And Tom is still going, okay? You can still go to climatescienceinternational.org, and uh, I can't uh, do enough to, you know, promote him and and thank him for all of the uh, uh, you know great shows that Tom Harris uh, uh, shared with me. Um, probably the one of the best single shows I ever did. One of the most memorable shows I ever did. And there's actually a YouTube video of this. Somebody came in and taped this live. You can actually see this live if you go on YouTube and you type in Leapin Lanny Poffo and Late Night Council. Now that does that name sound familiar to you? Leapin Lanny Poffo. Uh, was a very high-profile WWE slash WWF wrestler. He's also the brother of Randy Savage, Randy the Macho Man Savage. Leap and Lanny Poffo came in studio for two hours, and it was only three months after Randy pa- uh, uh, Randy Savage died. Okay, Randy's real last name is Poffo. And I remember sitting next to Leap and Lanny Poffo. We get talking about Randy. And he spontaneously goes into this Randy Savage impersonation. Of course, nobody can do it like his blood brother because his voice sounds just like him. And it was it was one of the most eerie moments I have ever spent in a studio. It was like I was sitting next to a guy who had died three months earlier, and everybody knew that voice. Well, yeah, he went into this like Savage, you know, like uh, talking like Randy Savage, blew me away. And you can actually see that live if you go on YouTube. Leapin' Lanny Poffo, Poffo is P-O-F-F-O, you can see an actual video representation of that. Uh, 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 The Honky Tonk Man, okay, he was live in studio, had a ton of fun with him as well, and I was really nervous bringing him on, because before he came on, I went on YouTube to see some of the interviews this guy did, and this guy's like 
throwing F-bombs all over and expletives. I'm going, oh, yeah, great. I can really have him on the air. That guy came on the air. I told him, look it. Okay, and I forget what his real name is. And I said, look, at, I'm a I'm a pastor in town here, okay? My G rating is very, very important to me. And he says, yeah, no problem, no problem. And I thought, I thought, yeah, right, I've got to trust this guy. He was the consummate gentleman. He was wonderful. He was funny. He was a, a red-eyed. He was, he was terrific, okay? Had a great time with the honky-tonk man. Little Ray from Little Ray's Reptiles. And when the archives, Little Ray started coming on my show 15 years ago. Okay, and he was a regular once every six months, and he'd come in and we do we do ask the reptile guy. People would call in and ask about. He'd fill up the two hours. Had had great shows with Little Ray, had Rowdy Roddy Piper on. Rowdy Roddy Piper, he wasn't in studio, but I was only supposed to have him for a half hour. Okay, and something happened where he was uh, forty five minutes late. When he came on, he felt so bad he stayed on for the rest of the two hours. I had him for an hour and fifteen minutes. Okay. He lit up the lit up the lines like you wouldn't believe, and ended up sending books to everyone that called in that night. You know, often we would give away a book to his favorite caller. We had about 15, 20 callers that night. I got fifteen books in the mail, got addresses for everybody, and uh, and of course, Rowdy Roddy Piper has since died. Okay, I mean these wrestlers, but if you know what that lifestyle is like, I mean they make rock stars look like choir boys with the kind of lifestyle that they live. And he just, by the time he smartened up and cleaned up his act and settled down, he. He had done so much damage to his body with the with the steroids and all the other nonsense that he's pumping into his body uh, that he's gone now. Memorable show on Late Night Council. Killer Kowalski. I saw Killer Kowalski fight when I was 13 years old. He was in his 80s when he joined us. He had put out a book on photography, okay? He's a professional photographer. So we did a good half hour with Killer Kowalski. Mike Duffy. Now, some people don't like Mike Duffy. You know how he's been the news. You know how the media has attacked him. But I'm proud to say, and I will say it, I will take it to my grave, Mike Duffy's a friend of mine, and I stick by my friends, and I knew he was going to be proven innocent, and I knew it was all a... And, and, and you talk to anybody who's honest in media in Ottawa, the only reason they went after Mike Duffy was because they could use him to get Stephen Harper out of power and get uh, uh, Justin Trudeau elected. Because after they got their guy in... And when the most critical testimony of his trial was taking place, there was no media reporting it. And every part of the media in Ottawa was, was there to get everything that, that he was saying before the election took place. And they were successful. They got Trudeau in and they forgot Duff totally. Mike Duffy and his wife, they used to listen to uh, uh, Freebie Fridays on CFRA. And they were huge fans of the show. Of course, I had met Mike Duffy at a number of events before then. And, uh, I, and he had said when we were at these events, hey, I'd love to be on Freebie Fridays. I said, great, come on and host for a half hour one night well he that time came he was going to host for a half an hour and you know what happened he had such a good time that he stayed for the entire two hours okay had a great time with mike duffy that was one of my best memories of uh, uh um of late night council another guest and again possibly i've said tom harris probably at the top well the guy that i would put rank right up there with him and 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 maybe you know the the two best guests i ever had there's another one that's coming shortly i'm going to tell you about it, was david harris Nobody knows te- international uh, uh, um, affairs and, and, and terrorism and global intrigue like David Harris. This guy is the terrorism expert in, Nor- in North America, testified before all sorts of parliamentary co- uh, co- uh, committees on security. There were many times that you know he couldn't talk about stuff because it was just too sensitive. But boy, you talk about a brilliant mind and a wonderful, calm demeanor. David Harris, one of the best guests we ever had, and he would 
would come on once every three months as well. And uh, I want to say thank you to him tonight. Um, we had... Uh, uh, I remember uh, we would have a, uh, and Freebie Fridays, I love doing Freebie Fridays, but you can't do Freebie Fridays without, you know, a, a, a radio station providing you with tickets and prizes and all kinds of things. And, and uh, uh, there was a time when, when I was working at CFRA where we were giving away some amazing prizes. I mean, on Friday nights, we'd be giving away $350 di- dinners to, you know, some of the nicest restaurants in town. We would give away SENS tickets. The, the prizes that got the most calls were SENS tickets, always. And there were times when we would have people co hosting with me. One of the best uh, free Fridays we ever had was when I had Rob Snow and Rick Gibbons. Okay, Rick Gibbons not with the station anymore. Rob Snow's still there. And uh, man, we had a ton of fun. Um... And uh, uh, Little Ray would come in once where we did uh, shows all on animals, Freebie Friday's theme shows where we'd, you know, take a theme and do all the questions on those themes. Um, I remember Chris Sims, Chris Sims, who is still uh, there, and she's been back and forth with Sun Media and whatever. Chris Sims is one of the biggest sci-fi, sci-fantasy nerds that I know, and she would come on and we do, we would do sci-fi and we'd do superheroes for a whole Friday night. Had a blast with Chris Sims. She's still in the news business and uh, uh, still having fun as well. I hope she's having fun. I know, I know, I know working at Bell Media isn't the easiest thing in the world these days, I'm told. Um, also, uh, uh, um, uh, some guests that I remember, memorable guests, Billy Graham's daughter, Ruth Graham, was on our program. And it was like having Billy Graham on himself. I mean, the whole family has got like, a, like an anointing, a, a, a stamp of God on them. Powerful, powerful guest, Muhammad Ali's daughter. He's got like eight kids. But one of his daughters was writing a book and, and doing something about a foundation. She was on our show. Um, right up there with David Harris and Tom Harris, maybe I would say these are three my three favorite guests, the three best and faithful and most consistent, and I could always count on them to deliver a great show with me, was Ellen Shroy. Ellen Shroy used to co-host the Antiques Radio Show with me. And the beauty of Ellen Shroy and the way we did that show together, my whole thought was always, okay, not everybody's into antiques. And if they're not into antiques, i got to make that show come alive so even the people that are not into antiques, they're going to have some fun with it. So, man, we would get people calling in and telling stories and everything. And Ellen was just wonderful. And her publishing company always provided us with a ton of books that we could give away stuff to callers. That was always a fun thing to do as well. When you can give stuff away, when you're not just entertaining, when you're not just wanting people, you know, to, to frequent the businesses that sponsor your show. And that's not a bad thing in itself. But I always loved giving stuff away. That was a ton of fun. The most we ever gave away on one night, and I think we used to do, uh, uh, like, Late Night Council was the show that started all the Ask the Expert show on CFRA, okay? And we did it for free. And people would tune in and they'd ask questions, and we'd know it, they, they never sounded like infomercials. I mean, we had ask the lawyer, ask the doctor, ask the dentist, ask the veterinarian, ask the cop, ask the police chief, okay? Vern White used to come on to ask the police chief. He was amazing. Um, his uh, his uh, predecessor, though, Bordalo, came in, and I... Let's just say the guy was so mediocre, I felt sorry for him. I felt like I had to come in and defend the guy because the callers were just ripping him apart because he would just, anyway, not one of my, you know, uh, best shows. Um, Uncle John 
from Uncle John's Bathroom Readers, Gore Javna is his name, would come on at least once a year. And when he came on, his company would send us, oh, probably 10 bathroom readers. We'd give them all away on a Friday night. He was fun to have on, really fun. And when we did Freebie Fridays when Uncle John was on, uh, if you recall, on the Friday night that he was on, for that particular show, all of the questions for that night, all of the questions could be found in whatever Uncle John's bathroom reader that we were giving away that night. Now, I'm talking a lot about stuff we used to do on the show, folks. I'm not living in the past. I'm saying goodbye. This could be my last show I ever do. And uh, if you're just tuning in recently, I'm inviting people to call in. If you've got a favorite memory of Late Night Council in the last 18 years and you want to share it with people tonight, I would love to hear from you. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. That's the long-distance number. It's got to be under six lines. If you can get it under six lines, you can email me, okay? You can email me. Uh, at uh, jc at latenightcouncil.com. And Paul has just emailed me. Paul, thank you so much for this email because you just reminded me of something, Paul. You just reminded me that there were four late-night council legends, okay? Shirley was made a late-night council legend. Uh, she was the fourth one to come in. But you just reminded me how, who of, the, of the fourth one, and Paul just wrote in and said, Irish Tom was my favorite. Thanks for loving my mom, Carol, you and Mrs. Council. Paul's uh, mom comes to our church, okay? Carol and uh, Paul, uh, uh, Paul, we do love your mom. She's wonderful, okay? She's such, she's like a pillar in our church. We just adore Carol. And uh, let me tell you about Carol. Carol's in her 70s. Two weeks ago, I went to Carol's dad's funeral. That would be Paul's grandpa. He was 102, okay? And uh, But, Paul, thank you for bringing up Irish Tom. Oh, my goodness, I haven't heard from Irish Tom in so long. But, uh, yeah, we have to put him in the in the favorite calls of all time. I appreciate you uh, 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 emailing that in here. We got somebody on the line here. Let's find out who we got on the line. Who we got on the line? Who's there? Hello, you're on. Hi, John. Who, Francis. Who is it? Who's on the Francis. line? It's Francis. Hi, Francis. How you doing, buddy? Not too bad. You? Good. Have you have you got a have you got a late night council memory to share with us, Francis? Uh, <laughs> this was way 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 back. Way 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 um, way back. I was back. Yeah, <laughs> I was coming back from Montreal. Okay. And I was listening. And you and Heather was uh, co-hosting the show. Oh, man, that's 15 I don't know, years I ago. I can't remember if it was one of the late-night shows. But anyway, you, the both of you made me laugh so much because you were debating. And I enjoyed it so much. And it, it, it was just something. I came home, and I had to sit down and sort of relive everything in my mind. You can't remember you what know, we were... You can't remember what we were fighting over, can you? <laughs> were we, can, do you remember what the topic was? was? The topic was about, um, it had to do with uh, how people treat each other, you know? Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's it, it was, like I said, it was way back, you know? Fran- I think it was when you first started on the show. Francis, let me give uh, you some insight. When Heather and I first started dating in Bible college, okay, and when you're in Bible college, everybody's watching you all the time. You're living with it with, you know, 400 other students. You see each other every day. 
And and you, you know yeah. if you if you say something wrong, you know it gets misinterpreted. Rumors start. So you know what Heather and I used to do every once in a while, we would stage fights and arguments with her with each other in the, in the cafeteria, <laughs> just to get people going. And oh, we yeah. could, we could milk it like you. We could milk it and make make fun like you wouldn't believe. But you need to know this, Francis, and for everybody listening, whenever Heather and I were on the air and we were disagreeing with something, that was never staged. Okay. I mean that's just the way we, that's the way we are. We would disagree on things, and, and she loves me, and I love her. But I love her because she's she's yeah. a tough woman, and and uh, uh, you know she doesn't take any crap from me. And uh, uh, having her yeah. on the air was wonderful, and and the most fun I ever had on the yeah. radio was when Heather was on the air. But I need to tell people this, okay? Yeah. Probably the best shows we ever did on the air was the Boxing Day shows. When on Boxing Day, she would come in, we would be in the daytime, and it would be only kids calling in and telling us what they got for Christmas. And and I don't think Heather would mind me telling people this. Heather hated doing radio. She hated it. I had yeah. to, the last few times I brought her in for for a Boxing Day, I had to drag her in kicking and screaming almost. She doesn't like talking to people with it she can't see she and and if you know and francis you've yeah. met heather you know that if you're talking to her in one-on-one she shuts out everybody else and gives you her 100 percent absolute attention but she never liked being on radio and the only reason she came on the air with me in the first few years is because before i moved to ottawa i never did any type of secular radio before i only did ask the pastor and when we realized we had to go five yeah. nights a week, I couldn't do it with her, and she helped me get started. And we didn't really need that many calls because her and I would be bantering back and forth. And she really did more to put this. <laughs> she really did more to put late night council on the air than just about anybody. Certainly keeping the home going. Because remember, yeah. when I yeah. first started, I had four teenagers living at home. Man, I mean, it was uh, it was a busy household, boy. And she kept she was teaching yeah. full time, doing uh, the radio with me full time, and running the home at the same time. And that's why that's why she's my hero, Francis. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Good oh, talking yeah, to you. Is. Thanks for calling, yeah. in, Francis. That's Good a great memory, buddy. Good having you on. Thanks for calling. Yeah. In. So that's what it's about. There, there's Francis. I don't think Francis. I don't ever remember. Like I know who Francis is, he's a friend of mine. But I, I, I don't ever remember Francis ever calling in the show before. Maybe he did in the past. I don't know. But uh, it, maybe you've never called in before. Well, you're not going to call in after tonight because I may never be on the air again tonight. But if you want to get a call in tonight and share a favorite late night council memory, three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. Okay, now I'm gonna play a tune for you again. Now I got a ton of tunes that I want. Uh, hopefully, we've only got an hour left. My goodness, it's over already. It's half over already. Okay, now I, I want to play a tune for you, and um, one of the most uh, 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 underrated, and I would suggest undiscovered comedy talents in North America in the last century is a guy by the name of Tom Lehrer. L-E-H-R-E-R. You've probably never even heard of Tom Lehrer. If you've listened to my show, you've heard me talk about him. Weird Al Yankovic credits Tom Lehrer as being the number one influence of, you know, getting him into the music business and the parody business of doing comedy music, okay? Tom Lehrer had his master's degree in mathematics at Harvard University. This guy's got a high IQ. He was brilliant, okay? He's, well, he's still alive. He's in his 80s now. But Tom Lehrer was going for his Ph.D. in mathematics in Harvard. 
And when they would have parties among students, he would sit down at the piano and play all these gag tunes. He would write all these crazy tunes. Well, this guy, he was in demand around Harvard University where I, from every fraternity and every like local hangout bar where the university students go, went to that the guy was making money and everybody was bugging him. You ought to cut an album. You got to cut an album. He decided to give in, okay, and cut an album and about, you know, 20 songs. And there's only 29 tunes that he ever recorded. Well, the, the, the album that he put out, I think it was only 12 songs, sold 1.4 million copies. From the years 1965 to about 1968, this guy was like, everybody was talking about him. And his music back then was really, really, really subversive, okay? And he was typical university fair back then, kind of underground, you know, and, and talking and singing about things that you don't do in public and you don't sing in public. I mean, nothing crude or immoral, but politically it was very sensitive stuff, okay? And and you need to look up Tom Lehrer, L-E-H-R-E-R, on YouTube for some of the things that he sang about in the 60s, particular if you're over 40 years old, you know, you know what some of the social issues were back then you will fall off your chair laughing at this guy i mean it is it is i will describe his tunes and his lyrics as gloriously politically incorrect i want to take a break and and suck back some free air i want to play you probably my favorite tom lair tune now those of you who listen to my show know that some of my best friends are roman catholics okay and my Roman Catholic friends, they're not like typical Roman Catholics that a lot of you meet. Some of these people are the most Christ-like people I know. I love them. They're devout Christians. And I want, I, I want, I don't want anybody getting ticked off at me because I know my Roman Catholic friends, they're going to hear this tune and they're going to laugh. Some of you that take yourself too seriously, particularly when it comes to religion, you're going to get ticked off probably. But, you know, one of the themes of Ask the Pastor, one of the themes of Late Night Council for the last 17, 18 years has always been... I don't mind ticking off stuffy people. I don't mind ticking off people who are so uptight they need to relax and laugh at themselves a little bit more. And here's a chance for you to do it. This is Tom Lair and the Vatican Rag. Another big news story of the year concerned the ecumenical council in Rome known as Vatican II. <laughs> Among the things they did in an attempt to make the church more commercial was to introduce the vernacular into portions of the Mass to replace Latin and to widen somewhat the range of music permissible in the liturgy. But I feel that if they really want to sell the product in, uh, in this secular age, what they ought to do is to redo some of the liturgical music in popular song forms. I have a modest example here. It's called The Vatican Rag. First you get down on your knees, fiddle with your rosaries, bow your head with great respect and genuflect, genuflect, genuflect. Do whatever steps you want if you have cleared them with the pontiff. Everybody say his own, Kyrie eleison, doing the Vatican rag. Step in 
to that small confessional They're the guy who's got religion I'll tell you if your sin's original If it is, try playing it safer Drink the wine and chew the wafer Two, four, six, eight Time to transubstantiate So get down upon your knees Fiddle with your rosaries Bow your head with great respect And genuflect, genuflect, genuflect Make a cross on your abdomen When in Rome, do like a Roman Ave Maria, gee, it's good to see you Getting ecstatic and sort of dramatic And doing the batting and Okay, that is that is one guy that is worth your uh, time wasting uh, looking up on YouTube. Okay, Tom Lair, that's the Vatican rag. You should hear some of his other tunes. Oh my goodness! Like uh, uh, National Brotherhood Week. He's even written a tune. Uh, it's called Werner von Braun. Oh, uh, uh, poisoning pigeons in the park. There's a fun one too. Okay, Tom Lair. L-E-H-R-E-R. Look him up on YouTube. You'll be glad you did. One of the greatest undiscovered comedy talents in North America, if you haven't heard of him uh, yet, okay? Now, I want to give a shout-out to Dano, okay? Dano is the video man in Ottawa, and uh, his Twitter handle is Video Man Ottawa. Dano, I run into Dano all the time. He videos everything in this city. He's a great guy. I I can't say enough good about Dano. And uh, Dano has just tweeted at me. And God bless you, Dano, for doing this. He has tweeted out a video. So if you go to the Late Night Council Facebook page or to my Twitter account on JW Council, at uh, JW Council is the Twitter handle, okay, yeah, you'll be able to see the, the video that he has just posted from YouTube at the Late Night Council Facebook page or my account on Twitter. And what it is, I, I don't have time to look at it now because obviously I'm on air. And the lead singer from Timpanic, his name was Troy. Troy, please forgive me for forgetting your name. Troy, again, one of the best callers that we ever had on Late Night Council. And uh, uh, Dano has tweeted. I don't know where Dano got this. He must have been in the studio videoing me one night when Troy called in. And he's got the actual audio and a video of me handling a call from Troy on uh, on, uh, uh, on on the Late Night Council Facebook page. So you can uh, make yourself aware of that and, and uh, enjoy that a little later. If you want to call in and share one of your favorite memories or one of the uh, best things you recall from uh, Late Night Council, uh, this could be, well, it probably is my last show that I will, it may be the last show I ever do. It is certainly going to be the last show that I do for a long, long time. I'm shutting down the online radio show. I gave my reasons, and it's all good at the beginning of the program, and you can uh, listen to the podcast a little bit later if you miss that. And uh, while I'm waiting for you to share your memories, I'm taking the advantage. I'm taking advantage of this of saying goodbye to people. When I got let go at CFRA, and they let go all of us, you know, when they let go, Michael Harris, uh, Mark Sutcliffe, Nick Vandergrack, uh, 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 Ron Corbett, um, everybody that got y- y- the door there. Okay, uh, you never knew when your last show was your last show. You were just gone. Okay, and they didn't want you saying goodbye to people because you know them being the warm-hearted, you know, compassionate, compu- community-minded people that they are. Okay, they just you know shoot us out the door, and. Um, 
Um, so tonight, because I know this is going to be my last show, I'm having some fun. I'm going out the way I want to go out and talking about a lot of fun stuff that we did over 18 years of radio here in Ottawa. Now, I'm not talking about all the goofy and fun stuff and great stuff when I was in St. Catharines and Windsor and out in Brandon, Manitoba, because you weren't a part of that, but you were part of what we did here in Ottawa. One, another great guest that I had on at least three times, and he always lit it up, and, and he was just, I guess the best way to describe David Maines was regal. David Maines was regal, and David Maines was even better when he walked away from Huntley Street and started giving his time to trying to be a, a, an influence for God on Parliament Hill. He was up in Ottawa quite often. Whenever, whenever he was up there, and I found out he was on, uh, in town, he was always gracious enough to come in studio and light it up. And of course, we lost him to cancer about, uh, oh, just only maybe four weeks ago uh, was his funeral in Toronto. Um, as you know, a lot of people know I collect Hot Wheels, okay? I've been collecting Hot Wheels since I was I was uh, eight years old. And uh, my collection has grown to absolutely ungodly proportions. And uh, I have a lot of fun with it. It's a good, cheap hobby. It's low maintenance. And uh, I lucked out about, oh, it would have been 12 years ago now, um, Mike Strauss. You don't know who Mike Strauss is, but Mike Strauss has the largest Hot Wheels collection in the world. At the time, he had... 32,000 Hot Wheels cars all over his, you know, humble home in California. And I thought, let's bring him on the air, okay? And I thought it was a great idea because me being a Hot Wheel collector, he stunk. He <laughs> was such a bad guest. I mean, I mean, the guy's totally into Hot Wheels, knows more about Hot Wheels than anything, but boring, boring, boring. I had him on once for about a half hour, you know, never again. One guy I did have on, though, that was a lot of fun, and this guy was in my church in Brandon, okay? I got to know Cal Slobodian really, really well. Wonderful man. Cal Slobodian has the largest private comic collection, comic book collection in the world, okay? Back in 1993, it would have been, when I first met Cal, Cal his, I said, so what would your collection be worth? He says, oh, John, I don't know. I have no idea. He said, maybe 20 or $30 million. Okay. That was 25 years ago. He's 74 years old. Had him on the show twice. Okay. Had him on when we first started in Ottawa. And then when he moved to Calgary, we got talking comic books. And, and I mean, this guy is just so unique. And uh, I, I, the story I like to share was I was pastoring in Brandon, Manitoba. If you know Manitoba, rural western Manitoba, there's a tiny town uh, north of Brandon called Rivers, Manitoba. Rivers, Manitoba has a population of 1,600. Cal Slaboni was a high school teacher in Rivers, Manitoba, while his comic book collection was growing like crazy. And, of course, he dealt in comic books. And to a great degree, well, not to a great degree, this guy literally controlled the comic book market all across Canada, set the prices, put out a catalog, put out a, 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 a newspaper monthly, and a, the collection and his, his uh, dealing got so big that that, uh, hit, that newspaper only could come out like once every six months. This guy was doing so much business in comic books. Now, remember, he's in a town of 1600 in Rivers, Manitoba. When he moved to Brandon, he was making so much money off of comics that he quit his job as a high school teacher. When he moved to Brandon, Manitoba, okay, 11 grain truck loads, okay? 11 grain truck loads. That's how much, how many comics there they were moved to his huge home in Brandon, okay? And he had his basement custom designed with a 10-foot ceiling, floor-to-ceiling, shelves and shelves and shelves of all his comic books, okay? And a three-car garage, floor-to-ceiling again, and the floor-to-ceiling of the garage is about 12 feet. 
And he, I said, so what's insurance on this? He says, well, Lloyd's of London, they'll insure me, but the premiums are going to cost me 100 Listen, the premiums this is what he had to pay, okay? Now, he never paid it. He had other ways to, you know, protect his collection. But Lloyd's of London would have insured him, but the premiums were going to cost him. They were the only insurance company that would insure his comics. $120,000 a year it was going to cost him just for insurance on the comics, okay? When he moved from Rivers to Brandon, Manitoba, Half the post office laid off. There were four full-time employees in the post office in, in Rivers, Manitoba. Two of them got laid off when Cal left because this guy was doing more. He was doing twice as much business, postal business, at the local post office in Rivers, Manitoba than the entire town put together. Okay. In fact, another story. I remember. I remember having some comics. At, you know, because I was kind of into comics when I was a kid as well. And I remember going to the biggest comic store in Winnipeg because I wanted to trade in my comics, the rest of my comics, for a set of upper deck baseball cards or whatever, okay, or whatever I could get for them, okay? So I bring in my comics, and I come up to the counter, and it's a long counter, okay? And, like, about 20 feet on one side, 20 feet on the other, I go right in the middle, and I did this on purpose. I go up to the guy in the counter. I can see out of the corner of my eye there's a salesperson on the other side of the counter on one far side and on the other far side. So I say this to the guy. I said, "Uh, here's some comics. I says, my buddy Cal Slobodian says that these are worth about 80 bucks. As soon as the words Cal Slobodian came out of my mouth, I noticed out of both corners of my eyes, both guys at the far ends of the counter, they both, their heads snapped right away and looked toward, and they started walking towards the center guy to where I was. They said, you know, Cal? You know, yeah, he's a good buddy of mine. He's in my church. Really? And they start asking me all kinds of questions about his personal life and everything. This guy is like was like the godfather, still is, okay? But he's out of the business now. He's been trying to liquidate. And uh, uh, he was the godfather of comics. And, of course, he comes into my church. And, and you know, the guy's a born-again Christian and uh, loves God with all his life. Uh, and, 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 you know, and I don't think he'd mind me saying this to him. I don't think I'm betraying confidence. This was 20 years ago. He says, John, he says, God wants me to get out of this business, but I can't resist a deal. And to give me an example... He says, I can't resist a deal. And he said, like this one, Curly Joe. Curly Joe was the last surviving member of the, of the uh, Three Stooges, okay? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Shep Howard and, and Mo Howard and uh, Curly, they were all brothers. And then Larry Fine was Larry. And when, when Curly died, Shep took his place. When Shep took, uh, died, Curly Joe came in. Curly Joe was the last surviving member of the uh, Three Stooges. Well, he had just died. And his estate got a hold of K, uh, uh, Cal Slobodian and said, look, we've got original Three Stooges comic books that, uh, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, you can have if you want them. What's your price? He says, I'll give you 500 bucks for them. And uh, they said, okay, fine. So he sent them a check for 500 bucks. This is before, you know, email transfers and everything. And, uh, and, and, and Cal knew what he was getting. He knew that he could get at least, at least $20,000 for those comic books that he only paid $500 for. And he says, John, that's typical of the deals I get, okay? That's typical of, you know, the business that I do. And he was having his biggest spiritual struggle was I got to get rid of these comic books. And he calculated once that if he got rid of, you know, something like a thousand books a month, it would take him until he's like 145, you know, until he got rid of them. And he's got four beautiful daughters and I'm sure he's got grandkids by now and great grandkids. And, uh, uh, Anytime I've contacted him and gotten a hold of him, he's, he's doing quite well. Council Bowen, in good memory of uh, the late night uh, council show. Um, we did, as I said, Ask the Veterinarian with Marie Haynes. We also did with Nigel Gumley. We did uh, Ask the Dentist. We did Ask the Lawyer with different lawyers. We did Ask the Police Chief. Ask the Doctor, okay? Uh, before Barry Dworkin ever started doing his uh, you know, doctor gig on uh, CFRA, I had two or three doctors that were coming in on late night council doing Ask the Doctor. Ask... 
the rabbi. And, of course, that would be none other than Rabbi Reuben Bolka. Oh, did we have fun, Reuben and I. I would go on his show, which would be, I think it was called Sunday Night with Rabbi Bolka, and it would be Ask the Pastor and Ask the Rabbi. And he'd come on my show, Ask the Pastor, on Wednesday night, and we do Ask the Pastor. And we do this once every six months. We'd trade off, okay? And I remember... I remember somebody talking to me after a show. He said, yeah, I heard you guys last night. I said, so what would you think? He says, you know what you guys reminded me of? You reminded me of like two 13-year-old kids in junior high that are in the, uh, in the locker room after, you know, doing gym, cracking towels at each other. He said it was really quite fun. And that's how Reuben and I got along. I mean, we had a blast. Okay? We had Ask the Priest. I remember having Joe LeClaire from Blessed Sacrament on, co-hosting Ask the Pastor. I remember having probably the godliest and the guy that had as powerful an impact on me spiritually was Bob Bedard, okay? Father Bob Bedard. He was the founder of the Companions of the Cross. People that are connected with St. Mary's Catholic Church in town know the name of Bob Bedard. Oh my goodness. He was he was just the, the, the probably the richest times I had in my studio were with uh, uh, Bob Bedard. Just just hearing this guy and talk about the things of God, about the Bible and about Jesus and what it meant to follow Christ. Powerful impact. My favorite politician, are you ready? Are you ready for my, my favorite politician to have in studio? And I had him in at least a half a dozen times. Loved working with him, especially on New Year's Eve. And some of you are going to get mad at me, but I don't care. Rick Shirelli was my favorite politician to have in studio. And I went through the archives. We had Stockwell Day in. We had Deborah Gray in. We had Monty Salberg. Uh, you know, I did shows with uh, Bob Shirelli on the Lunch Bunch often. And uh, every mayor, Jim Watson, Larry O'Brien, uh, Jackie Holtzman, uh, uh, Jim Durrell, all of them, okay? They all have their strengths and weaknesses. But, you know, Rick, if you're listening and if this podcast gets to you, Rick Shirelli was the most fun politician and the, and the guy that I enjoyed. A Pierre Polyev, too, he was good. But, Rick, you were the best, buddy. God bless you. Freebie Fridays. I really miss Freebie Fridays. I really do. And, and, and because we, we had the resources to do it there. I used to love giving away stuff. The most expensive thing we ever gave away, though, was not on a Freebie Friday show. Elliot Finkelman used to do, he used to be my Ask the Computer guy. Remember we had, oh, this is a long time ago. We had, a, we had a, a gig that we did once a month called Ask the Computer Guy. And Elliot Finkelman was the guy, and he was connected with the Trailing Edge back then. I think he was part owner. So he would come in, and, and you know, he mentioned Trailing Edge, and that was his, uh, you know, that was his perk for coming in. And uh, um, he got a bunch of, rep- a couple representatives from Corel come in. Oh, this would have been 2002, 2003. And if you remember, before Adobe Illustrator or Adobe Photoshop, uh, you know, that's the state of the art in graphics programs now. You know that in 2002, it was called the Corel Center because Corel was the dominant force for graphics programs. Corel Draw was the program to have in, in on your computer for graphics. And Elliot got these representatives from Corel to come in to do the computer show. And stink if that guy didn't have two fully tricked out Corel Draw software packages, and we gave them away to our two favorite callers. Okay, we gave away sixteen hundred dollars worth of software that night because each package retailed for eight hundred dollars back then. The most, uh, the, the you know, the most expensive stuff we ever gave out on a show. But like I said, Freebie Fridays, you know, the, the, the thing that made it light up the most, the, that we would count on jammed calls if I was giving out uh, 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 sense tickets. And, uh, uh, but it really got really bad towards the end. The last three years, 
Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine this? And some of you remember this. I'd be doing Freebie Fridays. I even had to change the name of it from Freebie Fridays to Friday Frenzy, okay? Because they refused to give me prizes. They expected me to go out. They expected me to do Freebie Fridays, do the whole trivia thing, entertain, have fun with everybody, and no prizes at the end, okay? And because they were too cheap to give me prizes, they suggested, well, why don't you invite people to come in to sit on the show? Oh, come on. Can you imagine the prices, right? Can you imagine Drew Carey getting up and doing the prices? Ah, oh, we're not going to give anything with you. We're just going to play for fun, okay? That's the kind of nonsense that was going on there towards the end. Anyway, more memories, more stuff. But you know what? I want to hear from uh, you more than uh, uh, you want to hear from me. And I just had a caller from the Toronto area call in. And look at all oh, they may be back on here. Let's see if we got them on the air. No, I lost them. I tried to bring them on the air. That caller that's calling from the 905 there, keep at it, okay? I'm trying to bring you on, and uh, maybe you're going in and out of cell phone range. Uh, but, you know, we'll keep yakking. And tell you what, maybe we'll play a tune, and maybe that we'll hear from somebody that's down in Leafland. Oh, can you imagine living in Leafland? I got some fun. Oh, you know, maybe we can do it before we go to the music here. Let's see if we can bring them on here. Who's calling us from the 905? Who's down there in 905 area? Hello, can you hear us? Hello, 905, can you hear us? I can hear you. Yeah, okay, good. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Who is this? Who Ursula. is that? It's who? Ursula. It's Ursula. 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 My friend Ursula. <laughs> oh, God. thanks for calling in, Ursula. Now, Ursula, you don't listen You're to my show. You're welcome, Don. Ursula, you don't listen to my show, do you? You got better things to do than to listen to my show, don't you? Well, I had to call in today. I had to. You had to. Why did you have to? Ursula, you're an important person. Come on. I had to because through the grapevine, I heard your last show. It's my last show. Yeah. Well, the grapevine, you're very good on the grapevine because I see you on the grapevine a lot. In fact, do you do anything else (laughs) except, you know, uh, uh, frequent the grapevine? I'm sure you've got a very interesting and rewarding life down there after you left us high and dry here in Ottawa. You betcha I have a rewarding life. You betcha. Are you enjoying it down there? Are you having a good time? Give me, Tell me the truth. I'm, I'm loving it. You, no regrets? I'm loving it. No regrets? No. Okay, no. good. That's all well, I Well, I miss my friends, but well, other than that, no, no, no regrets. Ursula, we miss you too. No regrets. I think we miss you way more than you miss us, though. Now, yeah. did you hear the news about Well, okay. That? Now, now, Ursula, you know, this is my last show, and normally, you know, I wouldn't talk about this I stuff. Know. I wouldn't talk about this stuff, but I don't care because you're my friend and you have priority. Did you hear the news about Christchurch today? What? Well, we, we've officially been accepted into the four-square denomination, okay? And and, and you may not have... Do you know what four-square is? Yeah. Okay. Is that a yes or a no? Well, yeah, I was talking to Bobby. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you don't know about them, yeah, that is so. And we've been accepted. That is so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. We're very, very excited about it, and we're pumped as anything. So it's good hearing from you, Ursula. Love ya. Are you Are you shutting me down? Yeah, I am. I'm sorry. You know, like you're my friend, and I'm your friend, and everything. But uh, you know, like uh, unless unless you have a, a late night council, unless you have a late night council memory that you want to share with people. But I don't know if I want to let you do that because if I know you, you're going to bring up something really embarrassing. 
You got it. <laughs> yeah, I better let you go before I get into trouble. Good having you on, Ursula. Love yes. ya. Now, she's a friend of mine, and I don't care if everybody knows because Ursula is, is, is so wonderful. It, she's just the terrific lady. She was uh, she just recently moved to Toronto. I don't understand somebody moving from Ottawa to Toronto. I don't get that at all. Oh, my goodness. I can't handle that. Uh, you know, something I wanted to do for the last three weeks, you know, I've been doing Ask the Pastor, and I've been looking for an excuse to do this. Uh, uh, probably, uh, well, the most, the most popular genre of movies right now are Marvel superhero movies, okay? And those of us that, a good segue here from Cal Slobodian and the whole comic books thing, um, um, a lot of us that grew up, you know, buying Marvel comics back in the 60s when the Fantastic Four and the Hulk and, and, and the Spider-Man, when they first came out, when they were in their infancy, you know, we remember Marvel comics from the beginning. And I'm amazed at how many people have never heard these two tunes, okay? Now, some of you who are in your 40s or 50s or you've gone on YouTube and you've seen those old, horribly animated, original Iron Man, Thor, Submariner, Captain America, and Incredible Hulk cartoons that were made in the 60s. Horrible animation, okay? And they had crazy, cheesy theme songs. I've got a video of my grandson, Maverick, singing the Captain America theme song from the 60s, okay? If you don't remember it, it went like this. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who oppose his mighty shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, and the red and the white will blue come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Really corny, really cheesy. Now, as part of those series of old cartoons, Marvel put out... <laughs> And you should see the video that it comes. I'm going to play for you some original. And these are only like, let me see. I'm looking at the time here. Both of these, one is two minutes long. The other is only, it's less than a minute long, okay? But this is the origins of, of Marvel Comics and Marvel in Media. And when you compare what was out in the 60s compared to what, you know, these multi-billion dollar, you know, blockbuster movies like the Avengers and X-Men and Spider-Man and Iron Man and Thor coming out next week, okay? I mean, you can't imagine that their origins were this cheesy, okay? Now listen to this. This tune is called, and this this was hardly ever played on TV because it was an ad for you know the other cartoons the marvel superheroes but i'm gonna i'm gonna let you in on this and let you hear first of all you're gonna hear this is the marvel superheroes have arrived okay grit your teeth this this might make you wince a little bit but it's a lot of fun here it comes so cheesy it's almost painful to listen to i'm looking at the date of this thing that's 1967 okay now there was a fan club that stan lee and jack kirby started with marvel uh comics back in the mid 60s 
called uh, uh, <laughs> the Mighty March, the Mighty Marvel Marching Society. I remember ads for it in the comic books when I was a kid, and I didn't know that they had a theme song and a promo campaign that was on TV that only ran in the states. Okay, never ran in Canada, and they had a TV promo campaign to to, to promote this this Marvel comics. A, a, a fan club, and it was called the Mighty Marvel Marching Society. So when I found this on YouTube, oh, about eight, nine years ago, I couldn't believe what I was saying. You can find this on YouTube. This one's a little longer, okay? This was the ad promo for Marvel Comics Fan Club, and it was in conjunction with, you know, these cheesy, horribly animated cartoons. And again, the main characters, that there was never Avengers back then. This was this was a, a, a Submariner, uh, Iron Man, the Mighty Thor, uh, the Incredible Hulk, and uh, uh, Captain America, and this is the promo. This is the promo that they use to promote. Never, they never played this in Canada, but here it comes. Stand a little straighter, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, laugh a little louder, go forever greater. We can show you how to. When will you be then? You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong to the Mary Marvel Marching Society. March along, march along, march along to the song of the Mary Marvel Marching Society. If you growl, if you groan, with the dour sour up, we'll give you howl, if you moan, you can lose your sour trust and keeping trim and in step with the vim and upset of the Mary Speak a little wiser. Try to be judicious. Be a good advisor. Never ever vicious. And when will you be then? Face front. Lift your head. You're on the winning team. You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong to the Mary Marble Marching Society. March along, march along, march along to the song of the Mary Marble Marching Society. If you growl, if you groan, and your score is nearly zero, do not howl, do not moan. You can be a superhero marching right along to the fighting song of the Mary That was almost painful to listen to, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Let's see what we got on the air here tonight here. Uh, who's next here? Hi, you're on uh, Late Night Council's last show. Who's this? Shirley. Shirley. It's not Shirley. Who is it? Is it Shirley? It is Shirley. Shirley, it I, is, Shirley. is that you? Shirley, you waited for my last show to call me online? You waited until my last show to call me, Shirley. You haven't called me since I was on a CFRA, Shirley. I'm I know, John, but I've seen you since. I know, I know, but that's not the same as you calling in. I maybe that's why. I this know, is, but maybe this is why my that's why it's my last show, Shirley, because you never. Oh called no, in, so no, I, no, I, I no, no, stay John. On, I couldn't. Stay and on before the air, I forget, you? Dan. Dano wanted me to say hi and good luck in the future. Oh, listen, don't wish me luck. Pray for me. I don't believe in luck. 
Well, and, and Dano, okay, I'll pray for you, John. Yeah, Dano has issues with prayer, so I understand, you know. <laughs> you promised, uh, you remember the promise you made me, eh? Oh, God, when I, I kick the bucket, bucket, you'll do my service. I would Don't be forget. Honor, I would be honored. It's in to. my will. I would be honored to, Shirley. That, that would but I want to say, whatever you decide to do next, good luck to you and Heather. And believe me, when I did call you on KFRA, we did have a hell of a lot of fun, I must say. Shirley, you, were always, Shirley, you still remain one of my favorites. And I'm already doing, I'm already doing what I'm doing, and that's, what, that's the main reason I'm not doing the radio anymore. Because the church I'm pastoring now, Shirley, I've been pastoring for 36 years, and I have never, I know. Been, I have never been allied with a, with a group of people like I am right now. They are amazing, okay? The church has no money, it has no building, you know, and we meet in five different uh, uh, locations. Our main service, though, is at the Jules Moran Center in Lower Town. Okay, we just ordered T-shirts, Shirley. You'll love this. Okay, our T-shirts have got the okay. church, church logo on the front. It says Christ Church Ottawa. And it's got the website. And you know what it says in the back? It says in, in big letters that everybody can read. It says the church has left the building. Oh, my. and that's what we're about. We're all, we're always on the streets. We're ministering to poor people. We're you know, and and it's uh, and the people that need it. The Are you down in the market area? No, we're in Lower Town. We're in Lower Town. Well, in fact, well, isn't Lower Town, Town the market? No, no, we're we're east of 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 the market. We're east of uh, King Edward. Oh. We're on the other side there. You know, we're we're north of Rito Street, and and uh, you know where the El Patro Pool is. Oh, gosh, no. Well, there's a Jules Moran Park. There's a field house right in the corner of Jules Moran Park, and that's where we've been meeting for seven or eight months. We're packed to the rafters. It's standing room only, and it looks like, and I don't want to jinx it, but it looks like we're going to be uh, moving into a uh, one of the schools there. We've got, we're going to be able to rent one of the schools because we need more space. Wow. We're having a that's blast. That's great. Good we're, news. We're having Good a blast, Shirley. I am so glad you called in. Well, Daniel sent me a message that now, now Shirley, floored me. Surely, I should be able to. I should be able to get a good late night council memory out of you. Come on, give me your best late night council memory, Shirley. Have I you love you, John. I know you love me, but come on, you're you're. <laughs> an awesome, you're, you're well, what of, do you want me to say? I, I feel embarrassed you, now. I don't want you to say anything you're uncomfortable with. But I threw out the question at the beginning of the broadcast. I asked people to call in with their favorite memory of the program, and if you don't have one, that's great. You know, I'm I'm thrilled enough. To oh, you're just my in. favorite oh. memory is when you take on Alex Cullen. <laughs> I have to say that I, was a riot. I think I if you were short in calls, you'd t- t- start talking about Alex. Colin oh, Nolan, yeah. I'd give you a shout. Because I never took him right? on. I don't remember ever doing a lunch bunch with him where I was actually going at it with him in person. But uh, we certainly held him accountable, did we? Didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we sure did. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's got the gig at Chio now where, you know, it's a cakewalk. Nobody calls him to count on anything because he's working with kids. And, oh, you wouldn't dare go after somebody that works with kids, right? Oh, never, <laughs> never, never, never. He's still the Look same. Look at somebody's. Somebody's tagging you about Shirley Mosley, imagine. Well I, well, I can't look at Facebook while I'm doing on air here. I can do it while there's some <laughs> tunes on. I might check it then. Shirley, love you. Anyway, I love you too, John, yeah, and I, keep in touch. You've got my Facebook yeah, page. I know. I, and I, I, uh, looking let me know what's going, going on. Uh, and and I, when I kick the bucket, I'll get my son to give you a shout. Yeah, that's not going to be fun. Good luck to you and Heather. That's not going to be a long for a long time, Shirley. And and I'm not going anywhere. I'm still on Twitter and Facebook and having fun and everything, okay? And I could be back okay. on radio too. I don't know, you know. It's not my life. It's God's.
Good having you on, Shirley. It's in, in God's hands. Yeah, Love it, you. It always is, whether you like it or not. It's always in his hands. So you, you may as well go with the flow. You know, you may as well do what he's told you to do because he's the one that's control anyway, right? Of course. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region if you want to call in. 343-700-4390. And if you're calling long distance, like Ursula did from Toronto, one 562 That's 1-844-562-4766. It's so much stuff here. I could go four or five hours. My goodness. You know what was really fun? You know what was really fun when we were at when I was at CFRA? When we, when blackouts would happen, okay? Like you'd be in doing the show and all of a sudden there'd be a blackout. Or we'd have a major blackout in the city and everybody, everybody was tuned into CFRA because back then people used to listen to it a lot more. And you'd want to know what was going on. And, 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 you know, we were having people calling in telling us about trees falling down and explosions. And we heard that and we heard that. And, uh, and so uh, like emergent, like, like the 911 shows. I remember for three weeks, for three weeks after uh, 9-11, you know, that's all we talked about. And I, I didn't have to do any research or anything. Just turn the phone lines on and everybody would go back and forth and, you know, conspiracy theories going back and forth. When Saddam Hussein was executed, I remember that. That was or when he was captured. That took over the news. We had to talk about it the whole time. When Pope John Paul II died, that's all we could talk about for two or three uh, shows after that. I, I guess that was, uh, 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 that's part of the fun of anybody that works in news, you know. I mean, news has changed so much. And the term fake news is so appropriate. And and I don't, you know, I, I don't care who's listening. You know, when you've got a news department, uh, there are decisions made on what gets, you know, uh, reported and what doesn't get reported. And the people who make those decisions, they have way, way, way more authority than you think they do. And if they've got a political bone to pick with somebody or if they've got any political stripe to them, I'm telling you, it affects what gets on the news. And that's being exposed now more than ever because people have access to their own sources of information where it's a lot harder to hide stuff. And I don't think that social media and I don't think the explosion of information is a bad thing because it's resulting in that that people have to be way, 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 way more accountable than they were before. And yeah, there's, you know, there's ridiculous stuff going on as well. But the bottom line is people are more empowered than ever before. And you better have your act together and you better have somebody, you better be a person of integrity because nothing is going to expose your lack of integrity more than uh, the the saturation we have with media uh, nowadays. One of the funnest shows I ever did. I wouldn't say it was fun. Yeah, it was kind of hard, but it was memorable. Oh, my goodness. Um, and and I, this goes back. I looked at the date on this. I think it was 2002. So this is a good 15 years ago. There was a, a story going around in media that uh, um, that uh, uh, um, um, NBA basketball players were being offered Six figures, okay? So that's 100, 200,000, 200, 400,000. That's back when, you know, uh, 15 years ago, they weren't making as much money as they are today. They were still making big coin. But corporations were op- offering six figures to NBA basketball players to have their corporate logos tattooed on them. If you got a tattoo of, say, Pepsi or, you know, Microsoft, they would pay you half a million bucks, okay? So I got the idea on the show. And, and this worked. It was worked beautifully. You know, I asked people on air, okay, how much would you want to have anybody's logo tattooed on you? And it made for some real fun 
conversation. I remember somebody said, and the Reform Party was big back then. Oh, pay me five thousand bucks. I'd I'd have the Reform Party logo tattooed on, and some people would say, yeah, I'd have the Sens logo put on for like you know ten thousand, whatever. And some of the prices, I was surprised at how cheap people. You know, how little money they would take to get a corporate logo on, okay? And it was a fun show, and we got a a good number of calls, a good healthy amount of calls in the first hour. And then this is what I did in the second hour, and it was true. I wasn't making this up. My oldest daughter was 17 at the time, okay? I had just found out that afternoon that my daughter, 17, in fact, she might have been 16, she went out and got herself her first tattoo. Now, remember, she's not a legal adult, okay? And back then, it was illegal to give a minor a tattoo. You had to be 18 years old. For so, for, so for some reason, you know, she's 17 or 16 years old. She gets her first tattoo. Now, remember, I'm a pastor, you know, and my background is pretty legalistic, religious, you know, and I'm not enjoying the fact that my daughter has gone out and gotten a tattoo, Okay. And there, you could imagine the animated discussion that took place in the council household before Dad had to drive in downtown to do the radio show. And it was really bugging me. And I thought it ironic that I was already doing a story on, you know, people getting corporate logos, you know, tattooed on them and getting paid for it, okay? So in the second hour, I come back after the show, and we've got people waiting on air, on, 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 you know, over the news hour, waiting to come on, you know, uh, live. And I asked the question, I tell the whole story, guess what? My 17-year-old daughter went out and got a tattoo. So she got somebody to illegally put it on, okay? What should I do, okay? Now, remember this 15 years ago. Tattoos are everywhere now. But back 15 years ago, it's still a little bit, you know, hey, I don't know about that stuff, okay? Oh, my goodness, one of the busiest hours we ever had. Everybody had advice for me. Oh, you just got to let it ride. Man, I wouldn't, I'd find out who that is, man. I'd go down there. I'd sue the blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's fun, 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 fun. That's one of my fun memories of the show. You got one? 343-743-90. I've only got 19 minutes of air left, and I may not be back on air ever again, okay? And I'm going to keep talking about some fun I've had, you know, talking with you night after night after night after night, okay? And and I, I, I'm relishing this chance to say goodbye. I never got to do this on CFRA, so I'm doing it online tonight. I will not be on air next Sunday night. I don't know how long the shows are going to be on podcast at latenightcouncil.com. The website could be up for a while. I still don't know what I'm going to do with that yet. It may evolve into something else. Uh, but uh, this may be your last chance to call in. So if you want to call in, I want to hear I want to hear some of the fun that you had uh, uh, listening to uh, or, you know, some of the uh, memories you've got, your favorite memories of listening to uh, Late Night Council. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390, 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. Four seven six six. I want to do another tune, you know, and I don't mean to get you know unnecessarily sentimental or somber on you, but um, most people who you know think about who are thoughtful have their funeral planned out when they're my age, and I have my funeral planned out. Do you know that? I've got the pallbearers written down. I've got some things that I want said, and now this is really weird. Okay, I don't mean to spook anybody else, out, spook anybody out, or freak anybody out. But you know what I'm going to play right now? I'm going to play the tune that I want played when they say the final prayer, okay? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, whatever. And they say the final closing prayer to my funeral. And that casket starts making its way 
out of the church or the funeral home, wherever it is where my funeral is going to be, when the casket starts moving out and the preacher is walking ahead of the casket and my descendants and loved ones start filing in behind the casket as it exits, exits the church, I want this tune to be played. And I'll tell you why when we get back. I know some of you are scratching your head saying, what's so significant about that? It's just, do you recognize the tune? Do you recognize it? That comes from my favorite movie of all time. The movie that I've watched more than any other movie, and I've probably seen it about 20 times. Um, it's a baseball movie. It's uh, Robert Redford's The Natural. came out in 1984. It's set in the 1930s. And I don't know what it is about that movie that just does me in. That music you heard there, that's the music that's played when Roy Hobbs, the title character, hits the epic home run at the end of the movie. Every time I watch that movie and that tune plays and I watch that home run being hit. Now, this is really weird, okay? And I'm not trying to be sensational or hyped or anyway, anything. When I watch that movie and that scene hits where the, he hits the home run and they play that music, I don't know why, but I ball like a baby. I ball like a baby when I... I mean, when that, when that tune was being played, I was kind of like trying to keep it together here because I got to do another, you know, 14 minutes of radio here. 
And, you know, it often plays, it often played on late night TV, you know, before cable and everybody was hooked up to 7,000 channels. And I'd be watching it late at night, and my kids would come in late, and I'm watching this thing, crying like a baby, and they'd look, wouldn't even see what was on, but they'd look at me and say, oh, Dad, you watching The Natural? I'd say, yeah, I'm watching The Natural, you know. And, uh, you know, and me being a big baseball fan, and uh, that's the sport that I was best at, and I played myself, um, uh, you know, I took notice of Major League Baseball games in the in the like uh, late '80s and '90s when you know sound systems became much much more prevalent in the in the playing of baseball games. You know, when when uh, guys would hit home runs, they would play that tune as guys were rounding the bases. You know, so it became it's become quite a part of uh, baseball culture. And uh, um, but you know that's the tune I want played when the casket's going out. Okay. And I don't want to have to explain it. I just, I just think it's cool. Now I, I, we're coming up to the end of uh, our time here tonight, and uh, um, when I leave the show tonight, and I'm not going to prolong this, okay? I am going to play probably my favorite psalm, okay? And I'm going to play a tune that that is not, you know, if you've listened to my pro- program, you know I love Jeff Beck and Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skinner, and and, and I drum and. and uh, Kansas and Yes and Emerson, Lake and Palmer and all these great rock bands that I've, you know, learned to play drums on and I've enjoyed their music thoroughly. Well, I'm going to end the program tonight, my last program tonight, with probably the most meaningful tune I have ever played. And I've, uh, I've played it in certain settings, and it's not a rocker, okay? It is, it is a powerful, powerful tune, kind of quiet, kind of meditative, but it comes from one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 131. So that's a bit of a heads up for you to kind of uh, 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 hopefully hang with me for the next so another 12 minutes. But we've got somebody, looks like somebody calling from Gatineau because I can tell by the area code. Who's on air with me here? Who is it? Hi, John. Hello? It's not oh, that. the switch here. You see, that's why, that, that's why I have so many problems trying to run everything here. Who, who's, on, who's on the air with me here? Hi, John. It's Chantal. Hi, Chantal. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Now, Chantal, be honest. How how many yeah. times have you tuned into this radio show since we've been online? Um, I don't know, but uh, um, a few times. A few times, okay. So yeah, you, yeah, I don't. I, I many times, like more lately. Okay, have you? Got, uh, so your memories of late night council are probably uh, pretty recent. You you weren't listening to me when I was on uh, CFRA, were you? No, no, I wasn't. I was. I didn't even know who you are. You oh, were before wow. we went to the old church. Wow! So. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have very many memories at all, then. You're just kind of like, hey, John. Nice. To hey, know John. Nice yeah. to know. Nice to know we're going to have more of your time at Christ Church. <laughs> Glad you're getting off. Oh air, right? yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'll, I'll be there. That's for sure. I got um, you. I just. I just want to thank you, John, for the nice Sunday evenings we had since I've, I've been listening. Uh, it's, it's been the highlight of my Sunday evenings. Um, yeah, I was looking for, for, for that. So but we'll miss you, but like you said, I'll well, see tell you, you on what, Sunday tell morning. You what, because I'm not doing a show on Sunday nights, you and Jean, you know, uh, can hop in the car and you can come over for supper. We can goof off and watch a hockey game instead of me having to do a radio show. That sounds like more fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we we could do that or you could come at our place. And, and we can, we can come up there, chat. too. We can come up there, too. Yeah. Thanks, Chantal. That Chantel. would be nice. 
Thanks, Chantel. You're welcome. I got another caller here from Toronto calling in here. At least it's well, oh, four, wow. 416 is Great. Toronto. So I'm going to get to them right away and see if we can get them on the air and see who's calling from Toronto. Hello, Toronto. Who's this? Who's on the air? Hi, John. It's Maureen calling. Maureen, how you doing? Oh, thanks for calling in, Maureen. I'm, now, Maureen, you've I'm worked, doing you, good. How are you? You've been with the show forever, haven't you? When, when did you first start listening to Late Night Council? Uh, years, years and years ago. I don't know. So, have, long, have, long time. Have you got any favorite show or any favorite memory that you, that sticks in your brain and you can't even flush it out, even if you want to? My favorite memories were when you wound up Irish Tom. Oh, well, I, just, isn't he, he just, yeah, that's probably he just, he just took off. Yeah, one of the one of the probably one of the biggest downs of leaving CFRA. Tom has never called since I've been online. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's too yeah, bad because oh man, no. I he was the he was so good, wasn't he? Fantastic when he get wound up, you know. He, he was awesome. He and was I awesome. See, and and I, uh, seem, I seem to be able to push his buttons better than anybody, and him still oh, be yeah. my, him still be my friend. He still loved me, but I knew how to tweak him and get even yeah. more out of him because I've heard him call in other shows and other other talk shows. They can't get him going like I could get him going, you know. And he was always yeah. fun. He was always fun yeah. to have on. Maureen, you're wonderful. Thank yeah. you. Listen, yeah. just because I'm not on air, stay in touch, okay? I mean, email and Facebook. I love for sure, and, and I always love get. I always love getting your little, uh, your, your little, uh, uh, you know, like uh, links to the crazy stuff you find online and everything. I always appreciate that, okay? Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Maureen. You take care, John. Love you. Thank you for everything. Oh, Great. Listen, love you too. Listen, th- th- thanks for tuning in and sticking with us, particularly uh, you know when we went off air because people that stuck with the show when I went uh, online, that's uh, you know it takes a lot more to tune in because you got to get the apps and everything. And uh, anyway, but you're already listening, so that's cool. A, a few other co-hosts I want to mention, okay, in just the last few closing uh, minutes here before we go to that great tune I'm going to play for you tonight. Um. John Robson, John and Brigitte. Oh, man, I love having John Robson on. John, uh, my wife used to refer to John Robson as the smartest man on radio. And uh, I, don't know how, I don't know if he's on radio as much anymore, but, uh, man, I loved having him on his show. Did he ever raise the bar when he would come on? Just so smart. Another guy that I got to know, and I never heard Ken Grant live when he was, you know, a legend in Ottawa radio because I moved – to Ottawa just after he got let go at CFRA. But I got to know him over the years, and he would come on to my show, and we would have a blast. That guy treated me like he had known me for 40 years, man. I mean, I had so much fun with Ken Grant. Another guy, Liam McGuire, Mr. Hockey, Mr. Trivia. Had him co-host with me about four or five times. we do a whole hockey show. The guy would blow me away. I mean, his knowledge of hockey, and he was such a fun guy. And another guy that only joined uh, the, uh, you know, the um, uh, TSN 1200, which used to be the Team 1200, in recent years. But I really appreciated him coming on. We would do a hockey show at the beginning of the season every year. Sean Simpson, who's still in TSN 1200, he was a great guy. And you know what's fun about Sean? Um, He'd be at the station. He'd be there. And and Sean doesn't have a car, okay? He lives downtown, and the guy doesn't have a car. So I'd get to drive him home. I'd pick him up. I'd drive him home. And we'd get yakking back and forth. And wonderful, wonderful guy. He's one of those guys that, and everybody loves him on air, I think. I don't think he's got an enemy anywhere. He, you know, would do really, really good uh, radio. But he's one of those guys who's an even better guy off air than he is on air, okay? And I'm going to be forgetting some people. Do you remember Cabby Nights? 
where I would, and we only did this about three or four times, did it once a year, where we would devote the whole show to just cab drivers calling in and telling me their stories. Oh, my goodness, they were good stories, too. And they were always new, and they were always fresh. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Elliot Finkelman, I mentioned him before when he used to do um, um, uh, Ask the Computer Guy. Lawrence Tisdale. Lawrence Tisdale, probably the, the, the most brilliant uh, 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 scientific uh, uh, creation scientist I know. Uh, Dale Lang. Dale Lang was the priest out in Tabor, Alberta, whose son was shot and killed. And this guy ended up ministering to the very guy that killed his his son. Uh, you know, one of the most incredible examples of forgiveness that I had I had ever ever uh, 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 witnessed. Been a fun, folks. I'm gonna let you go, and I want to go out. I want to go out because you know what? This tune kind of says it perfectly of where I'm at. It says it perfectly where I hope you're at. I'll be on Facebook. I'll be on Twitter. We'll be going back and forth. And it's because of the truth you're going to hear in this psalm. This is from Psalm 131. I've stilled and have quieted my soul. Good night.